Join Hans and Scotty Wednesday. Tomorrow they'll be at LHM Riverdale from noon to 3 at 1481 West Riverdale Road in Riverdale. Joe Ingles is going to join us here in a few minutes. He said he'd let us know as soon as he is free, breaking free of whatever it is he's doing. So we will talk to Joe here in a few minutes. PK, the Jazz coming off a win after back-to-back home losses. It wasn't the most spectacular win ever, but I think when you've lost twice, you just have to win. And I know the blown lead bugs a lot of people, but I think this team is so wildly gifted and talented offensively, and no one tries to miss shots on purpose. And they shot 30 and 35% from 2 and 3. They did not shoot the ball well. And as Jerry Sloan said, nobody tries to miss shots. <laughs> Plus you're throwing the game. Yeah, I suppose so. Thanks for bringing that up. So the games where they don't defend, I, I find those a much bigger problem The games wh- than the games where they struggle to make open shots. I guess if you're not creating open shots, that's a red flag. But when you have the open shot and you can't make it, that's different. I mean, to me, this felt completely different than the San Antonio game. And not just because they lost that one and they won this one. The San Antonio game, you know, because they've played so many of them, I have to hearken back in the memory, <laughs> even though that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> they all blur together. They really do. And that's why I don't get caught up in a lot of this stuff, because they do run together. The idea for this team is to continue plodding along is too negative. I don't want to say that because that grinding. How about grinding? That grinding is a nice word. Yeah, just get through it, you know, to to take it in short spurts. You got a game here, a game there. Do what you can and be ready to play good ball when we get to the postseason. Well, in a few days, people will be trying to find Santa. Santa sighting, but right now, we got a Joe sighting. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Joe, good morning. Good morning. So, Joe, I'm, I'm curious about this. We know about the I kids. We know <laughs> it works out well. I ask questions, so it's good that I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> when Jerry Sloan coached the team, there was this whole, uh, and actually, I think it even went back to Frank Layden. There was this whole thing. They always took a pre-Christmas road trip, and it usually ended on December 23rd. And they went out and played five or six games. It was usually an Eastern trip. Under the theory was, hey. Right before Christmas, you play a bunch of home games. There's a lot going on. Uh, Maybe not so much for you during a pandemic being from Australia, but people have family in town, and there's family demands, and guys are distracted, and they'll play well. He would just prefer to be on the road then and and go, go out on the road together as a team. Now you're home. You're literally playing Christmas night, and I wonder how much that's great or how much that messes up the Christmas season for you or what you think about it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, the game is it, it's fun to play on Christmas. It's, it's obviously different, um, especially growing up in Australia and having Christmas in the summer of 100 and plus degrees and swimming in the pool all day and then having Christmas in uh, the freezing cold snow now. Um, the, the game, I mean, we've played in a couple of them since I've been here and um, obviously fun. Um, obviously, as a 34-year-old, I'm not really, like, celebrating and having, like, a ton of fun at Christmas. It's obviously about my children now. So um, my enjoyment and the happiness on Christmas is seeing my kids happy and, and opening presents and, and doing all that so as long as the game doesn't uh, doesn't affect getting to open presents with the kids which it won't because it'll be at six o'clock in the morning um i got no issue playing on, on christmas so well there if you're not I'm having any go ahead Joe. myself um but guys would have family in town or, or friends or whatever, um, wh- whoever they spent Christmas with. So, I mean, I understand where, where people try and bring that in, but it's also, I mean, we're like everybody else. Like, I'm sure a million other people have family come in and they still are working. And um, obviously, ours is just a bit different because people get to watch and judge us on how we work every day. And I will judge you. You better believe it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a thing uh, that you scored your 5,000th point. I don't even know that you knew it. I didn't know it. But I'm going to ask you, do you remember your first NBA bucket? I do. Um, randomly. Um, I danced to the first. No, I had no idea that I was there or even close or whatever um, or what my number even looked like. Um, I do remember my first so I played I, I only got to Utah a couple of days before the first home game of the year um, and we got smacked by Houston um, that was when they had Harden and, and all those guys and I'll still never forget it for some random reason Alex Jensen always laughs with me about it still but it was um, Harden had 10 assists and every assist was for a 3 so he had like he had contributed however many points but all I don't know how many times someone would have had every assist be assisted as a... Anyway, that's just pointless information that I remember. <laughs> um, and then we actually went to Dallas for, for the yep. second game of the year. And I hit a shot, which is weird because it was like a, a mid-range, like a long mid-range pull-up. Um, Dallas bench didn't, took a dribble in and, and made a, a shot, which is weird now because... Since that one, I've got like 10 mid-range pull-ups in the last seven years. So, um, yeah, that was the, the first one. Yes, it was. I looked it up. October 30th. And did you know one of your starters on your team at that point was Ennis Freedom? Uh, I'm very well aware of that, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Ennis. It was Ennis Cantor at the time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, obviously, a lot's changed uh, in the last few years. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Understatement. <laughs> oh, man. I was actually watching uh, 
Philadelphia and uh, the end of the Philly-Boston game, just the last two minutes, and Embiid had like nine points in, uh, in 90 seconds. Do you want to guess who he was matched up with, Joe? Uh, Mr. Freedom. Bingo! <laughs> and he was getting anything he wanted. It turned out he wanted, believe it or not, he wanted long twos. He hit a bunch of 17-footers. And he yeah. made every one of them. <laughs> That's, uh, I heard, it might have been George Niang actually talking about it, the commentators like calling a Philly game and they were like, oh, he keeps getting to this tough mid-range and then he hit like same thing, like saying what you said, like four or five in a row and the commentators were like, uh, I think he's actually trying to trying to get that shot. <laughs> that's the shot. That's the shot he wants. So he's, I don't know what his numbers look like, but he's. It seems like he's incredibly efficient off that like one dribble, little hesitation, and shoot it. So, um, hopefully, Mister Freeder watches some film and they they can have a battle again soon. <laughs> there you go. You've had a couple of games where the team has lost leads. Now, obviously, against Charlotte, you recaptured the lead. Is there any concern any, or maybe any particular reason? Is it just the other team getting hot as to why leads uh, aren't sticking? Is that just the nature of the NBA? Yeah, I think, obviously, a part of it is it's the NBA, and we're, we're playing against, obviously, extremely good players and teams, regardless of their record. And these guys are NBA players. They're there for a reason. Um Obviously, if we can get off to a start like we did, um, the the carefree kind of play, and, and they're obviously, um, I think they were on a back to back, maybe. Um, yes, they were. So just a bit, obviously playing a bit more more freely, and obviously, with, especially when you get, I don't know what the lead was, twenty twenty or something in the first in the first few minutes, really. Um, and obviously, they the the. the telling part of the first half or quarter or whatever you want to, however far it went, was obviously they, they weren't making shots and we can uh, contest and defend and do whatever we want. Eventually, they, they're obviously going to make some shots. So um, there's things, obviously, we can look at and we can try and limit and we can do do better at. Uh, that's the case with, with every game, obviously. But, um, yeah, obviously glad. I, I think they got a one or two point lead at some point and then obviously we, we were able to, to finish off pretty strong at the end so um, obviously you never want to you never want to let a lead go or, or you want to kind of continually try and push it out whether it be a couple points at a time or you can go on a little 8-0 run or whatever it is but obviously in saying that the, the other team is, is trying to do the, the, the opposite of that as well so um, we'll, we'll take the win obviously after back to back losses we'll probably would have taken any win um, but obviously yeah, like I said we'll, we'll look at it and um, dissect it a little bit and, and try and figure out how to keep getting better as this year goes on you know we've heard Quinn talk so many times now after so many games and, and sometimes on off days and he does a thing before the game as well and so over the years uh, I think even as a media member I've really absorbed a lot of the messages probably a lot of what you guys hear to one degree or another you get in more detail in your film sessions obviously but I just got to think that Quinn's got a really different attitude after a 128-126 game you lost to the Spurs 128-126 but if you'd won 128-126 I think his attitude would be really different than after a 112-102 game you guys are good enough shooting the ball I figure if you're only giving up 102 points you're going to win way more than you lose do you find yeah. that win or lose that that you can look at the scoreboard and the final number and know what Quinn's going to say when you get to the locker room? <laughs> like 
a thousand percent. Um, not even necessarily on the score at all. Like it could be 80s, 150, whatever the number. Obviously, if we're giving up 150 and winning by two or something like that, he's, he's going to be a little concerned. But um, that's also like given the night, like if we're shooting well and they're shooting well, like they're, obviously the NBA is the NBA. We get a 128 or whatever it was the other night. So, um, yeah, I, I actually said to one of our players the other day, I was like, I almost from like when we're out on court and he, he walks out of the office or, or whatever it is from meeting or watching film before practice. Um, just like as soon as I see him, I feel like I know what he's going to say. Oh, the mood he's in or um, the way he walks into the locker room after a game, the, the mood or, or whatever. Um, I've like, you see, I sit next to Boyan in the locker room. So it's like, he can, Boyan's obviously been here a few years now as well. It's, um, you can kind of look at each other and be like, oh, shit, we're, we're in for one here, or, or, or he's going to be really happy. Even even if it is, like you said, like a 128 or, or whatever, you can you can feel the way we're playing. And, and obviously, at the end of the day, regardless of the score and, and all those things, he wants us playing the right way. And like you said, if we play the right way and, and do what we do, we're obviously usually going to hold teams to a reasonable score and, and, and probably win a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, I can feel it. And like I said, I can I can almost look at him now eight years into this thing and kind of guess what he's going to say or, or the mood he's going to be in. For those of you listening, that was Joe's Australian accent of the word shoot. <laughs> yeah, shooting. Yeah, shoot. yeah, just, way, just so we, you know. The way, the way we shoot. Yeah, that's just... Sorry, uh, it's 9.20 in the morning. I, no, I no, 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 it's your Australian accent, and so we understand you talk funny in our country. Uh, so <laughs> there's there's no problem there. I've got an, Amer- I've got an American sunburn. Yeah, yes, you do, Future which is president. why I was thinking at the end of your career, you need to change your name to Joe America. In my career, what? Well, when, whenever that time is, with the end of your career, you need to change your name to Joe America. No. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> At the end of my career, whenever that is, yeah. I will be on, I will be on a plane, a Qantas Boeing 737 or whatever they call them. Right. And I will be packing up and heading out of here. Right. And then when you land, you're officially known. You'll stand out in your country, man, if you're known as Joan America. I'm just trying to help you for further income once your big money trails off. You know what I mean? you got to do something the rest of your life. You're going to have another 40, 50 years Trust to live. Me. I'm not that silly, and I wear jazz sweats and chucks. <laughs> <laughs> my, ba- my bank account is full. I am doing, so, I am doing okay. So you're saying you're cheap? Is that? What <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I'm not cheap because I. the one thing I'm happy to spend money on is is – my friends and family and going to dinners and enjoying my time with them. Okay. But I do drive a, a really, really old used F-150 and I wear jazz sweats and chucks. I've actually got Crocs on right now because they were given to me. So. Oh, I yeah. saw those yellow Crocs, Joe. You look like Daffy Duck. That, that, well, this is the whole point of this. Like, I, I could not care less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very happy. <laughs> so, when you're retired, are you going to stop working out? Are you going to be into that I don't care less mode? Just get a big old gut on you and you just say, whatever. 
No, his wife will demand it. Renee and I have talked about this before. I think I I definitely won't when I, the the first, however long, I don't know how long it takes to not feel good about yourself when uh, you've played professional, played basketball, played professionally for, since I was 17. So I'll definitely have a break um, at the start. I said to Renee, I think it'll get to a point where like, uh, obviously I enjoy a, a quiet beer every now and then and um, I think it'll get to a point where I'll like wake up one morning and I'll be in my pajamas or shorts or something and I'll walk I'll look I'll see myself in the mirror like when I haven't seen myself for a little while and I'll be like oh it's uh, shoot. <laughs> it's, <laughs> shoot. oh shoot it's time to uh, it's time to figure figure this thing out <laughs> um, but I'll I, I think I don't know, everyone says, and I've got a lot of ex-professional friends and um, a lot of them say that they are fitter now or post-career than they ever were in their career. You obviously find different things that you enjoy in terms of fitness or, or getting out there, whether it be things we aren't allowed to do now um, that you have an interest in that you, you couldn't do, obviously. Um, or it's just find things you pick up with, like school dads or the other friends that you make outside of basketball. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll find something to do. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to sit around and drink beer and eat donuts all day as much as <laughs> I would enjoy that. Um, or I'll do that, but I'll still work out, um, to, to some extent. And obviously three kids, young kids, I'll be running around with them a lot. And, um, yeah, I'll just kind of figure it out as I go. Definitely no uh, plan set in stone for post-career workouts. Well, Joe, Merry Christmas. We'll see you Christmas night on uh, on TV, or some fans will be at the game and see you in person. But uh, enjoy the holidays. Sure and, out, it? Yeah. and nothing yeah. else to do. Oh, yeah, by right. Christmas night, everything's done. It will yeah. Be, yeah, it There's will actually a, an executive who used to be with the club. He left long before you got there. You don't know him. But he... <laughs> When I was new in town, he said, yeah, we do really well in the Christmas holidays and on Thanksgiving weekend because you got big families here. Everybody gets together, but yeah. they don't really like each other. And so after 24, 36 <laughs> hours, a couple of meals together, it's time to get out and go to a jazz game and not look each other in the face yeah, and argue politics <laughs> or whatever else. He says, well, yeah, we crush it on those holiday games. Yeah. No, I think it's it'll be fun. So hopefully we uh, – I don't even know who we play. Who do we play on Christmas? Dallas. Dallas, yeah, don't screw oh, it up, yeah. Joe. Go, at, you got to get at least one bucket because that's the team you first scored on. Oh yeah, in in my six hundred and twenty seventh career game, I should be worried about getting a bucket on the team <laughs> that I scored my first point on. You should make sure you're not on the group film session with. Quinn. Well, maybe the game winner. How about that? The game winner. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be a bit yeah. Of fun. Yeah. All right, thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Happy appreciate holidays. It. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you. Joe Ingles joining us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We appreciate him coming on game day on Thursday, Christmas Eve on Friday. We figured he'd move it earlier in the week because he just rarely misses PK. Very rarely. And oh, man. He, he was constant. Yeah. yeah. I had a conversation with Rudy Gobert last week on that, and we brought it up. He says that the guys all know about this streak that he's done this weekly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely incredible. And I remember he told me. 
years ago because I was the one who set it up. And I, I said, I commented on it. It must have been maybe the early in the second year. I said, Joe, man, you haven't missed. And he looked at me and he said it real matter of factly. He said, I told you I was going to do it. Like, why are you discussing this? I told you I would do it. So that's the end of discussion. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. It's time to bring in, wow, this is a tough act to follow, huh? But that's why we bring in the woman who runs the show. Michelle Flynn joins us right now, the executive director of The Road Home. Michelle, you got to follow Joe Ingalls. Good luck with that. <laughs> no worries. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on, and thanks for all you do at the Road Home. The Road Home Mediathon is underway. The Huntsman Foundation is matching donations up to one million dollars. And Michelle, I'm curious because I don't think I've ever asked you how did you get involved with the Road Home in the very beginning? What drew you in? You know, um, when I moved to Salt Lake, I was looking to work for an organization that was really, really community focused. And there was a job opening. So the first time I was ever in a shelter was walking in for a job interview um, at the old facility on Rio Grande Street. And I just knew when I walked in that door, the feeling that you got, the way that the staff were so kind and welcoming to the guests who were coming in and looking for help, I knew it was a great place to work. And that was a couple decades ago. Yeah. Obviously, that facility isn't there. You are running the Midvale Family Resource Center and also the Men's Resource Center, the newer facility on uh, 10th West and South Salt Lake. Plus, you've had a pandemic to deal with. Plus, you're shifting your focus to supportive housing. I got to admit, I was surprised. I knew you were doing that, but I was surprised to see that two thirds of the people you're working with are now in supportive housing and one third are in the emergency shelter. I didn't know the ratio had grown that much. What is the biggest challenge for the executive director of the road home these days well you know it's been a year where uh, almost two years now where we've had to change everything we do to make sure we're prioritizing health and safety for the people that are are showing up at our front doors and and as you said we we do provide that frontline crisis shelter so that people have a place to go families have a place um, whenever they need help and at the same time we're immediately surrounding them with support and and problem solving and sort of understanding where and how is going to be the best place for them to live, but the kind of supports that they need. The biggest challenge we're facing right now is this really incredible increase in the cost of rental housing in Salt Lake in, in, in our area. And it's just so challenging to afford for people who are not making a lot of money. And we're there to help. We have rental assistance and deposit assistance we can support people with. But just maintaining that that high cost of housing is a challenge, I think, a, a top challenge for our community and our state as a whole. The housing's expensive. I was surprised here. We give us a list of, you know, 30 uh, different donations and what it would cover. A $32 donation provides a night of emergency shelter. $1,000 provides two and a half months of housing support for an individual. There's a $45 price point. $45 covers the application cost for an individual seeking housing. Expensive to try and find the housing before you actually do find the housing and have to pay for that. It is. And we have, you know, we've got some terrific landlords and property owners that really like to work with us and, and help our families and our veterans and others move into housing. But as you said, you know, $45 is about the average cost to just fill out an application for apartment. 
even without knowing if you're if you're going to get approved. And oftentimes our families have to do multiple of those applications before they find a place. And so that's a big cost for people. And it's an unexpected cost. And, you know, it's kind of a sunk cost. And so that is a huge, uh, uh, huge goal of ours to remove those kinds of barriers that we're preventing people from being able to get into housing. And that's what the dollars that we're raising today and tomorrow will go to, to help those staff who know the landlords who know the rental housing who are out there every day looking, driving around, trying to find affordable apartments with the folks we serve and to help pay for things like these application fees. Well, Michelle, we appreciate all you do. If you've got one thing you could tell people to make a pick up the phone right now and call 801-819-7300 and make a donation, 801-819-7300, or log on to theroadhome.org. If there's one thing you could tell people, what would it be? Thank you. Thank you for, on behalf of my team, on behalf of our staff that are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to provide this service. Thank you for being part of our community to help end homelessness. Michelle Flynn, Executive Director of The Road Home, joining us here on The Zone. All your donations right now up to $1 million matched by the Huntsman Foundation, dollar for dollar. Michelle, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, TJ. 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300 is the number to call. Anything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed. Next, NBA games, jazz game, a couple of NFL games yesterday, a couple more today. We'll get to all of that next. Stay with us. It's official. The youths are the 2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the youths to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the youths' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the youths in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, time to get you caught up to date. If you're joining the show late, Lee's Heating and Air, getting you up to date with Slacker Radio headlines. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call or visit Lee'sHeatAC.com now to schedule a free in-home estimate or free second opinion. Well, PK, the Jazz got a win. We were talking about it earlier, and uh, Joe just said it. Any win's a good win when you've lost two in a row at home. I think that's love. Any love, Any is, love good is good love. love. Yeah. yeah. Sing it. Can you substitute love for wins? Sure. What else can you substitute there? Not much. Uh, exercise? You could substitute uh, shoot for Joe's favorite word. <laughs> Joe. It's just an accent. We're on the radio, Joe. <laughs> He should spell it out like he normally does. That would be good, yes. (laughs) Uh, Any takeaways other than uh, Rudy Gobert against a smaller lineup? Punish them. Look at each other and be like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was literally just editing it, so I figured I'd play. You were talking about the twos and threes, and I think we need to celebrate the ones. Oh, yeah. Rudy Gobert did a good job with the ones. 15 of 16 at the free throw line. (laughs) <laughs> 23 points, 21 boards, but 15 of 16 at the line. Which was great because the rest of the team didn't do a good job with the ones. Everybody else was 13 of 21. That is an unacceptable 65%-ish type number. That is way too low. There are high school teams that would be upset with that number. Other guys oh, are missing. Oh, yeah. Especially since you consider that most of those dudes are known as shooters. I know, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was uh, Bogey, definitely a shooter, two of four at the free throw line. Donovan Mitchell, definitely a shooter, five of eight at the free throw line. Yeah. Rudy Gay, definitely a shooter. Rough night shooting the ball. Two of 11 from the floor, one of five from behind the arc, and 0 for one at the free throw line. I think those are the best games, though, to win and not shoot the ball well. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. For a multitude of reasons. One, as you're a proven shooter, so you're going to have nights in which you shoot well. Plus, the postseason is full of games in which you don't shoot well, but still find ways to win. And then within that, even if you're not shooting well, if it's a close game, you make the bucket. That is super impressive to me. Because when things are flowing well, it's easy. We're all front runners to one degree or another, right? It's what you do when things aren't going your way. I mean, I think that's what determines. And you can you can transfer that into life, too. And how do you pick yourself up? Because every single one of us, to one degree or another, is going to get knocked down. It doesn't matter who you are, how much success you've had. You're going to get knocked down somewhere along the line, probably earlier in life as you're trying to make your way. But even still, later in life, there's all sorts of health issues that we know contribute to any number of things uh, in your mental uh, outlook. And so how do you deal with all those? Now, particularly in a basketball game, if you're not shooting well individually, what do you do if you get the ball and the game's on the line? It's like Tiger Woods standing over a 15-footer when you look at him in his prime versus anybody else. You just knew the mental toughness. Even though it's a physical act to get that ball into the bucket, it's about mental toughness. And when I said uh, or golf ball into the hole, basketball into the bucket, mental toughness, man. And the guys who are mentally tough in hoops, probably anywhere, they're the ones who are the winners. I think they showed some of that because they were blowing that 22-point lead. They were behind by a point. Clearly, the Hornets were feeling And two good. losses in a row. And they got two losses in a row. It looked a lot like the uh, San Antonio loss. Yeah, you they, could feel the tension in the crowd. The other team is making difficult shots. When the other team misses, they get an offensive rebound and a putback. And with three and a half minutes to go, Charlotte takes the lead. Conley comes down and gets the old-school three-point play. And the Jazz finish the game on a 21-10 run. For three and a half minutes, they were really good when they had to be. That was you know, nice. It was. That's what I that, liked about that. was really that. good. Now, because there, that was mental toughness. Yes, absolutely. There was stuff that came before it that was bad, and there are plenty of people who've hit us up on Twitter and Facebook with the stuff that sucked in the middle of the game, and it did. But I think the biggest problem was they missed shots. 30% from three, 35% from the floor, this team shoots better. And they, there were a bunch of open shots there, and they missed them. And they missed a bunch of free throws, too. So, to your point about you got to do something else, well, if you're missing a bunch of shots, grab a bunch of offensive rebounds. You're missing a bunch of shots, there's a bunch of rebounds to be had, and they didn't shoot it very well either, so there were actually rebounds at both ends of the floor, and the Jazz ended up with what I expect will be a season-high total 68 rebounds. I can't imagine they're going to have... That, and, and Charlotte had 51. I mean, there were... Well, I don't know, what is that, 119 rebounds? That's a lot of rebounds. If you do the math. Yeah. 22 offensive boards. Again, massive number. So they, they did something different. Uh, if you can't make shots, grab rebounds. And from now on, henceforth, heretofore, I am no longer going to refer to them as free throws. They're going to be the ones. I love that. Because we talk about the twos and the threes. And let's, let's talk about the ones. Yeah, yeah. 
The ones measure, me- measure mental toughness. Focus. Oh, that's a lot of M's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Get well, those ones, in. particularly at the end of the game, we're going to refer to them as the chosen ones. <laughs> Keep it coming, PK. <laughs> Stream of consciousness. You're on a good roll here. I like this. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> Where'd they go? 20 years. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> Sing it. <laughs> like a rock. rock. <laughs> Jazz made uh, five in a row of the chosen ones to close the game out there. In the last, See? In the last I like that already. Seconds. I know. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> and then Conley missed one, but at that point they were up 10. So, But the five in a row helped put it away. Yeah, I think that was a little bit of a gut check. I, and now that I think about it, you know, you never want to blow the lead, as Joe said. We all get that. But the fact that they did, and you got to credit uh, Charlotte. Charlotte's playing free and easy, right? I mean, they're expected to lose. They got one of their better players who doesn't play. And so they're not supposed to win. So they can be free and easy, jack up a few, and if they go in, put the pressure on, and that's exactly what happened. And And I think that that might be better than blowing teams out because when they played New Orleans in that back-to-back, they blew them out the second night, and we thought, okay, that's it. They've rectified the home floor problems. Well, then they lose a couple of games here, back-to-back at home, which we didn't see coming either this time around. So go ahead and have a gut check win. I think that's that's a – not something that you can draw upon necessarily when you get to the postseason, but it's good to know that you got challenged and you responded well. Absolutely. And you got to get out of that hole. And so now you got a couple days off and there ought to be no problem. I know there's a lot of games that come at you fast and you can't get fired up for everyone. But man, Minnesota did a lot of talking after that last game. You can't get fired up for this one. Again, though? But didn't they get fired up after that, the next one? Who'd they yeah, play the when, next but night? Once you, but you, once you <laughs> loathe somebody, then you, every time you see them, you can loathe them. Minnesota, you get to loathe them three times. It'll wear off over time. Uh, and, and rosters change next year. Who knows how many of those guys will even be on the team. But right now, they're on the team. So Yeah, Minnesota, to me, is this classic, dangerous NBA team. And they're not very good collectively. But individually, they got some nice talent capable of going off. So it's certainly nothing you can take for granted. And last year, the Wolves beat the Jazz three times, and that was a big deal for the Jazz got the first win on them this year. But the Wolves no, what, are perfect okay. 15 and 15 right now, right? Well, At 500. No, no wonder why they're popping off. They beat you three times in a row. They've earned the right to pop off. Well, and they have a guy who just likes to pop off, too. Who? <laughs> Beverly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. If he like he just likes to pop off. Yeah, I mean, he runs his mouth. Yeah, it's like it's it's the something. air he breathes, you know. And you're six foot, a hundred eighty five pounds, soaking wet with a pocket full of quarters. You need a little attitude to survive in the NBA with all those bigger players. So that's how he does it. So good. I would him. agree with that. I think and, and if you were on your cl- team, you'd probably start to find him charming. Uh, this guy sure. never quits. Because I mean, this is what Joe does. He, he's a grinder. Yeah, I know, right? Joe pops off all the time too. Yeah, it might be a little more harmless, but it seems like he's always jabbering yeah. about something. Whatever, fine. Uh, NFL, we talked a little about the NFL. The uh, Raiders kicked the last-second field goal, put a big old dent in the Browns' playoff hopes. Uh, Raiders kick a field goal to win as time runs out. They win 16-14. And the Vikings beat the Bears 17-9 in just a complete snoozer of the game. The Bears completely inept on offense. So once the Vikings scored, they just 
got out of the way. It's not like the Vikings were great offensively either. They didn't even throw the ball for 100 yards in the game, but they got the win they need. And now the Rams today play the Seahawks 5 o'clock. If the Rams win, they're tied with the Cardinals for the division lead. And Washington's playing Philly. The winner will be tied for the last NFC wildcard spot. The loser will be a game back in a lot of trouble. Kickoff set for 5 o'clock on Fox for both those games. Okay, so they can't I can't get both on Fox. How I, I get assume them? they're going to regionalize them, but this is, you know, Tuesday football, there isn't really a pattern of behavior here. So I assume we'll get the Western game, but I don't okay, know. Okay, so then would the other one be available on my ticket? I would think it would be. But I again, I don't know that for sure. It's a new uncharted territory. It really now. is. It, it really is. And uh Let's see. I'm, yeah. There's a couple websites I go to to see if they've, but it doesn't even look like they've got anything here to kind of spell it out. So, and then uh, a- Antonio Brown coming back after Bruce Arians make this definitive statement: "You screw up once, you're gone." Well, he did screw up, and turns out he's not gone. But I was listening to your boy yesterday, and he made sense. Your uh, tax-free dude heard that you used to quote all the time. Now you quote and him more than I do, but that's fine. Go I, ahead. Well, you don't listen to him at all. I really don't. I, right, I do because I get the satellite I see on him my on, phone. It shows on TV, so I see a little bit on TV once in a while. I never watch much. it on television. I watch yeah. it when I'm driving. I'm not watching. I listen to it when I'm driving, driving home. Yeah. Or if I go to the gym sometimes right after work. Normally I go home and feed the dog, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yesterday... I was literally in the gym right after the show, right? So I'm listening to him, and he made a statement that I thought really, really made sense because he's talking about uh, the, oh, the NFL created these, you know, we're going to play, and if you can't play, you forfeit, you know what I mean? All these protocol rules, and now they're changing games around, and we just spoke about how you're going to have two games on Tuesday. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's ever happened before. And he, he made a statement. He said, I'm okay with it because the NFL is all about the bottom line. They didn't take to the level that the NBA and the individuals did with the social stuff and then look sort of stupid when you got nothing to say, current Popovich on China. You're running your mouth constantly, but over here you got nothing to say. And LeBron we're the NFL. Too. We're the NFL. We're a money machine. Now get yeah. out of our way. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's what that, pretty that's much the how point. they run their show. And so he was saying, I, I've got no problem with them changing stuff because they're bottom line. They're in the business to make cash. Right. And they do a little stuff. It's sort of cosmetic, I think. But his point, I think, is well taken. And so Arians here making this big statement last year. And now he's totally looking ridiculous. It's like, OK, we got a guy who's hurting Godwin where we need receiver help. Brown can help us. But when you think about it, these guys are about the bottom line and winning games. And if you go from that perspective, hey, so be it. Uh, I did find it. We are getting Seattle and the Rams. Pretty much uh, everybody from Denver West is getting that game. But the Washington-Philly game, it says here, will be available on Sunday ticket. So That's Tuesday ticket. It is. It's now the Sunday ticket on Tuesday. Yes. Well, I'll be paying attention to both then. So there you go. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up, your feedback next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. It's the 5th Annual Black Friday Sale. It's been extended through December at Davis Vision. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save $1,400. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. 
All right, time to find out what you have to say about today's show. And we got a lot of you weighing in on the thought that uh, the Jazz won, but was it good enough? Eric, I don't know what it is. I don't like it. Being up 87-70 with like nine minutes in the game and then allowing them to go on a 22-4 run is unacceptable. How many wide-open threes did we shank tonight? Luckily, <laughs> Shank? Yeah. It's a golf? Yeah, it is a golf basketball combo. <laughs> Luckily, Rudy shot far above his average from the charity stripe, or we would have been in bad shape. Well, I don't know that it's luck, though. I think it's work. I agree with you. I guess, uh, you know, the work is constant, and you don't go 15 of 16 every night, so maybe there's a little bit of, of good fortune built in there, but uh, it's, way more yeah. work. it's way more work than luck. I mean, but we there's all no remember, reason. We all remember go, when Rudy was a 60% free throw shooter. Yeah, and there's no reason why he's not 75-80. That was impressive. He went up and made him again and again and again. And if, you, if your big man is 75-80, you take it. Yes, absolutely. Without question. So that's a big-time positive right there. They didn't shoot the three that well, but the, after a slow start of the year, that number has really gotten better. So they had a night they didn't shoot the three well. And they still managed to one, that win. That's a great sign. Win when you're not at your best. Anybody, anybody in this league pretty much can win when they're at their best, or most teams can win when they're at their best, particularly if the other team isn't at their best. When you've got those two things going on, say the other team isn't at their best and you're at your best, you're probably going to win. I like it when you find ways to win that just don't come easy. It's almost like that. it just came too easy for them early on. You're thinking, oh, crap. At least I do. I tend to think of, uh, you know, what's going to happen. And sure enough, you knew that they were going to come back to one degree or another. And they came all the way back. Give them credit, speaking of Charlotte, obviously. And then the Jazz managed to pull away and win going away. That's pretty impressive. Jeff says the problem is the Jazz lack a tough vet who won't let the team blow a lead. The obvious answer is Mike Conley. Well, we covered this yesterday there. They're over without Mike Conley this season. So that, that's cliche, though. Just what we need—the tough veteran. They don't have tough veterans on this team. <laughs> well, actually, the reason they didn't blow the lead is you—and you pointed the play out when they finally fell behind, and they gave up the bucket. I think it was Ubre, but who was it? Uh, whoever. Uh, Conley got the three-point play. Yeah, that was nice. So the the tension didn't grow. It got pretty tense, and I'm sitting at home watching it, and it got pretty tense. You could feel it sort of over the television airwaves. Uh, well, it was here we uh, go again. Watching. Yeah, and and the thing about it is it, it it was one point, and then the lead or the deficit for the Jazz went away immediately. And it's like whew, a little bit of <laughs> relief, and then they turned it on. Yeah, but at the four-minute mark when Plumlee had his uh, offensive rebound tip put back, oh, man, that looked like Pirtle. I think I've seen this movie before. Yeah, 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 especially since you just lost a couple of ball games in a row at home to teams that you should be beating. But that's a great thing, too, is that you should be beating them. That means you're good. 
Well, I think that's the frustrating thing is like, well, they should have won that game. Where's the signature win? Well, when you're that good, there aren't that many games that really test you where you think, man, if they're really good, they'll win tonight. Because at tip-off, you're thinking, the Jets are a better team that'll win this. So you don't get that splash. The only way you get that is consistency, putting together a win streak or a you know, 14 out of 16 or something like that. Yeah, I'm still waiting for them to do that at the same time. Uh, give me give me all your statement games in May and June. 16 of them would be good. If you get 16 statement wins in June, that means you get a ring and a parade. Well, we got to enjoy the Rose Parade before we get to the NBA title parade, so one parade at a time. Yeah, but that parade precedes the game. That it does. Oh, man, if they win the Rose Bowl, they'd probably get a parade here in town, wouldn't you think? Yeah. I'd show up in red. <laughs> I'd have to borrow some from you because it's a fact that you and your kids wore red at the spring game, 19-whatever. I read it on Twitter, so don't, don't argue with me, man. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Sarah Navarre here. Sarah, good morning. Good morning. Sarah, the Holiday Mediathon is underway to benefit the road home, and there is a $1 million match from the Huntsman Foundation, so everybody's donation will be will be matched up to a million dollars. You can call right now at 801-819-7300 or donate online at theroadhome.org. Why are you a supporter of the road home? What have you seen or heard that made you think this is a cause to get behind? Well, goodness, that's incredible from the Huntsman Cancer to match that. That's just incredible. Um, I, I'm sorry, your question was... What did you see? What, did, what have yeah. you seen or heard that made you want to get behind this? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, I've seen um, work in our community from, from the road home, and they support so, so many people um, who need a place to stay, who need a warm bed. Um, they just do a tremendous, tremendous amount of work in our community. I was surprised to read, and I think this is a big point of emphasis this year, that the, the services the road homes provide, I think everyone knows about the emergency shelter, and they're still sheltering 750 people, but they're now working with over 1,500 people in support of housing to get them into housing and keep them there and get them into self-sufficiency long-term. And the fact that it swung so it's now two-thirds housing, one-third shelter, that, that was a little bit surprising. Um, to me too um, I, I wasn't aware of that but it makes sense there's people in that kind of in between state that um, it, it would be a process to get them in a more more stable position just to help you all the way around it's, it's just fantastic so what would you say right now to someone who's on the verge of donating why should they pick up the phone right now and call 801-819-7300 and donate Oh my goodness, they absolutely should pick up the phone and call. Um, there's, I mean, it's cold outside. It's miserable being cold, and there's people who really need the help. Simple well, as that. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. 
Thank you. DJ and PK, you can donate online right now at theroadhome.org or you call 801-819-7300. You'll be supporting the Midvale Family Resource Center where they've had uh, over 2,000 children served this year. And also the Men's Resource Center, the new facility at 10th West and South Salt Lake, and also the 1,500 people they have in supportive housing. The number to call right now, 801-819-7300.